With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Bottom Line. Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Austin Sports Talk Leader. AM 1300 The Zone. Let's go! The dawn of a new day in the greatest city in America. Greatest college town in America. Austin, Texas, baby! Love our college students. They're not here right now. They will be. Eventually. Then they'll never leave. NFL Draft Day today. Harge is in his full Cowboys gear. Let's do it, baby. He's ready. I'm ready. He's got his Leighton Vander Esch jersey on. Let's do this. He's ready. Nah, I nah, mean, I got a Leighton Vander Esch neck brace right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good, man. The toilet seat? Yeah, he's just he's not doing well, man. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, you know, he, he was injured last year. Yeah, but he's not injured anymore. He's oh, fresh. Oh, oh, we'll see about that. He's spry. We'll see about that. I mean, are you negative Nancy today? I'm just trying to think of what's going to be positive about this draft. Are they going to make a major splash? Is something outstanding going to fall in their laps? I mean, the Cowboys just, are they going to be able to get their card in? That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, let's start there. Let's worry about everybody getting their cards in. Let's see if their computers work. Jim, I need to go home and take a nap today so I can stay up and watch this draft. 32 teams drafting on a computer. And trying to figure out if their Wi-Fi and their IT guys making sure the kids are off. Kids, get off the Xbox. I'm telling you right now, kids, go to bed early because I got to make sure we have no glitches. Glitches? Glitches. Get stitches. That's right. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Yeah, this is uh, it's, it's got unintentional comedy written all over it. Right. So I am... I'm eager. I'm eager to see how this plays out. Now, I did watch the uh, the Prince tribute last night. See, and I, I'm, 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 to be honest with you, I'm, I'm mad at you. Uh-oh. I'm mad because number one, you're a Prince guy. You went to Paisley Park. You went to the memorial. Where was it? A uh, uh, was it a memorial service or what was it <laughs> when you went there? anniversary concerts? <laughs> you went to. You went to Paisley Park. You got to see everything. Celebration of life. And I'm sitting there, and I'm telling you, Chip, don't forget. Don't forget. On Tuesday, hey, man, Prince tonight. I'm going to sit up and watch it. Your guy. They're going to do a tribute to your guy. This is the anniversary of his death. You know All right, well, listen. I'm going to tell you a great Prince story. What? 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 You ready? Okay, so Prince and the Revolution, the album Controversy had just come out. They were opening... For the Rolling Stones. They were on tour with the Rolling Stones and George Thorogood. Prince opened first. Bad to the bone. They were in L.A. In L.A., where people don't really care much about anything. And they were getting booed off the stage. The bass player, Mark, said he got hit with a full grapefruit. (laughs) Chicken wings, everything. So they... Stopped the show. 
and left the tour. And the members of the band were like, are we done? Do we just break up? Is it over? No one heard from Prince for like five days. Right. And then he called his drummer, Tommy Z, and said, come over here. I want you to listen to something. So he comes over, and he plays Little Red Corvette. He plays Delirious. Prince has already written and recorded these songs in five days. Yep. And Tommy Z said, yeah, I think we're going to be okay. I don't, right. think, I don't think we're broken up. Right, right. And by the time 1999 had charted, he'd already called Warner Brothers and said, I need $25 million for a movie. And they're like, what? No way out of the question. Then he sent them the song Purple Rain. And they're like, okay, where do we sign? Right. Dude was unbelievable. Yeah, he's magical. So let me ask you this. What happened? What happened last night when you got a chance to watch it? What was your it's good? You're a prince dude. It's pretty good. I didn't know who that girl was with the sunglasses. Her. That's her name, her? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. No. Okay. That's her. So her, yeah. she was good. Her. Yeah. I liked her. Okay. It was good. All right. I just needed to know because you you are the aficionado of uh Prince. I'm here. And that's why I said I wanted you to see I wanted you to see what you thought of the Foo Fighters. What did you think of their performance? Uh, it's a little rough. See, that's what I that's why I was like, "Hey, just a little just, rough." Let me know what you think of the Foo Fighters. And they're not I mean, like you told me yesterday, you said they performed that song plenty of times. They've covered that song plenty of times. Yeah, they recorded it on an album. But I just was curious to your thoughts on it and I cuz I was kind of like I just don't know if I'm really feeling them on this song, but... Yeah. Okay. All right. So tonight, I think they should combine the Prince songs with the draft. That way, if you have computer glitches, at least you have good music playing. Are you kidding me with that thought? Let's spice it up. <laughs> if we're going completely off the grid... Nah, I'm cool. What? I'm cool. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Well, I know this. I want to hear Ice Cube, Today Was a Good Day, at the end. Because you're hoping that everything is good. Yeah. Okay. I'm hoping everything right. un unfolds the way it's supposed to unfold. We don't have some IT guy scrambling in from the from the truck outside <laughs> from the, the Winnebago <laughs> outside the Dallas Cowboys GM. I mean the Detroit Lions GM's house, right? Right. Which I'm just convinced is going to happen. Oh, for sure. Oh for, yeah. How can it not? How can it not? You're gonna see like a screen pop up on your TV. Oh yeah. Lions power down. What is the uh, what is Lions the offline? <laughs> The screen just goes black. Lions <laughs> lose their pick. <laughs> what is the guy's name? Howie Roseman for the Philadelphia Eagles. I saw the way he has his draft war room set up. Yeah, this is this is there's a lot going on that he's gonna have to do during each pick. They've got all kinds of things set up. This is gonna be He wants you to think. Oh, no. He's got a lot going on. Uh, he definitely has a lot going on. Are you sure? He's got a lot going on. Are you sure? I, I know Jera. Jera's got a lot going on. 
I mean, is Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones going to be in the same room? Are they allowed to be in the same room? Is McCarthy going to be at Jarrah's house? No, Jerry is at risk here. Good point. Good point. Yeah, Jarrah, he needs to be quarantined. Is he drafting he needs with a mask a, on? And a hazmat suit. <laughs> is he drafting with uh, a mask on today? I'm in here. I'm in my hazmat <laughs> suit. Yeah. I ordered it special. So, uh, so as you've been sitting and thinking and trying to figure out who's going where, where do you th- your, your Lions are number three. Oh, yeah. They have the number three Jeffrey pick. Jeffrey Okuda. That's, that's locked in. You feel comfortable with that? I mean, it better be. Okay, then who? If it's Burrow, Chase Young, then Okuda. What if they jump up there or trade that pick? What if they trade it to to someone who wants to come and get a quarterback and move down? Fine, as long as they get Okuda. Okuda. All right. All right. You feel me? Okay. That's, that, that's who you going on. I mean, they you? traded away Slay for yep. a bag of donuts. To Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for me. Thanks. Dak, get that contract, baby. Get that contract. Here we go. Lord have mercy. (laughs) I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Am I coming over to your place to watch? No, 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 no. No? No, no, no. What? No, no. What happened? Nope. We're quarantining. Well, you know. Are we in this studio together every damn day? Yeah, and I'm, you know. I mean, there's a lot of trust in this room. You understand? There's too much trust in this room. There's a lot of trust going on in (laughs) here. There is too much trust in this room. now, suddenly? No. Yeah, we're trying to. We got some different set of rules? Yeah, we're my TV's not in my garage, so we don't have enough space. Oh, so we don't have uh, <laughs> our TV's not working. My TV's. I mean, we're gonna be watching we're on our phones. We're gonna listen on the radio. We're gonna be watching on our phones. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's luck. Hey, we're off the rails on a Thursday. It is the bottom line, baby. Off the rails on a Thursday. We'll talk to TCU football coach Gary Patterson. Seven o'clock. Gary Patterson. He's got a few guys that may go today, huh? Come on, man. He's got a few. Jeff Gladney. Ross Blacklock. Number 90. Number 90 for you? Yep. And uh, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Yep. Who's dad? Monte. Right by Deshaun Jameson for a touchdown in the TCU Texas game last year. Come on, man. Let that go, man. Let that go. TCU went. Five and seven. We're moving on, bro. We're moving on. So Gary will be burning right. to have a better year this year. We'll talk to him. He's got three hot prospects. Three. Three. Now Texas, Harch. Oh, yeah. They got nothing. Come on, man. In the first three rounds. We sure? Zippo. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Zip you said in the first three rounds. So we don't even have – they can't even sniff around in a second. That's what I'm saying. Uh, still I mean, good, Texas though. still good. Texas hadn't been living in the first round in a minute, in a good minute. Man, but Tom Herman, three straight top ten recruiting classes. You just wait till the 2021 draft when Joseph Osai is a top twenty pick. Man, I really thought that Brandon Jones was going to get a shot at that. Do you think if he would have been able to work out for the combines and run, show people he can, how fast he is, and I'm sure he would have tested well, 
just on the, what is it, what does uh, Goose and John like to call it? The Underwear Olympics. The Underwear Olympics. Do you think he would have tested well enough to maybe oh, yeah. pop an eye for someone, maybe a second round pick? Maybe. Yeah. He's fast. He's definitely fast. Herman, remember Herman would talk about the guy's miles per hour? <laughs> yeah. We clocked him running 22 miles an hour down the sideline. <laughs> what? You got a, you got a, you, you got, got a, a speedometer? You got, you got a, uh, like my bike? Like when I'm, when I'm running or riding my bike, I can see how fast I'm going. You got a little, uh, wristwatch yeah. speedometer? Yeah. Hey, man, I'm going 22 miles an hour. They're, they're charting him with his Apple Watch. <laughs> they're looking to see my how My Apple fast. Watch says. <laughs> but he, He's a guy who I think clocked 23 miles an hour. Do you think, you know, we talked about Devin DuVernay being a guy that can stick around in the league for a while. We're hoping because he just puts his head down, goes to work, then not diva-ish. Do you think Brandon's the same way? Because he's very quiet. He can be a special teamer for sure because he's already done that. But do you think he's a guy because he's so smart, cerebral, that he can be a guy that can stick around for a long time? I mean, as long as he stays healthy. Right. Because he was off to a great start two years ago at Maryland. And then he got horse collared uh. on a punt return, messed up his ankle. His ankle was never right the rest of the year. He had to have surgery at the end of the year. Then last year, he's playing, playing, and he has a shoulder. He ends up not playing in the bowl game. Yeah. Can't run at the combine. So, yeah, I mean, I think, and I had an NFL scouting director say, you'd have to love him or Devin DuVernay to take him in the third round. Right. They think it's fourth round or later. For all of them? For everybody. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. DuVernay will be the first pick probably in the fourth round. Done. You with me? I'm with you. I'm with you. Dry spell continues. Oh, yeah. It's dry. <laughs> Bone dry. I need, need you to stop. Desert dry. I need y'all to stop it. Yeah, Texas doesn't live at the top of the draft anymore. Used to. It's coming back around. Used to. I mean, every year. When? What year do you think? 2021. She says, when? Next year. Yes. Are we putting that on the board? You could put it on the board. Yes. Put it on the board. I said Joseph Osai mid-first round pick. Right. Right. Next year. And if Caden Stearns would ever decide to show up after oh, his first year. Wow. The wolf of DKR. Wow. He got hurt too much last year. I need him on the field. He wasn't he wasn't right in that game against LSU. I know oh. Justin Jefferson <laughs> I know Justin Jefferson caught that pass. Oh. But if you look at the way Caden Stearns. Yeah, he's not that slow. And Jefferson's not that fast. But remember Caden had that knee injury. Right. That's what I'm saying. Ankle. He was never right. I wish he was right because after that first year, you like, oh yeah, Thorpe, oh. Thorpe, we got we got us one, guys. Book his reservations now, right? And then record scratch. Yes, a bunch of injuries. So I hope this time away, he's used it wisely. His body has healed, and he can come back and and be that guy again. It's amazing to me how many text messages I get from people saying. Don't you think Jordan Winnington will be even better because of the rest he's getting right now for the pandemic? I'm like, 
Listen to yourself. I mean, did you hear Go what outside Tom for Herman a walk. said? Did you hear what Tom Go. Herman said? <laughs> Go for a walk around the block, okay? You need to get outside. You need some fresh air. Did you not hear Tom Herman said we're still waiting for that scar tissue to get busted up? Yeah. Yeah, that's, the, that's not good when you have it in that area. You know what he might need? What? What's our girl, Dr. Jennifer... The big D. Oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Walden. The big D technology. Jennifer Walden. Bust up them blood vessels. Bust up something. Get that blood flowing. Let's go. Let's get, let's get big, that. Big D technology. Let's get that. I don't, I don't think that's what it's for. Let's get that sports hernia all figured out. Re- rejuvenation. Hey, uh, Jordan, <laughs> we have some new technology we're going to use on you. Hey, you got hey, some what? time. We got some time. Hey. We're going to get you back <laughs> to flow. Hey, what's again. going on down there? This feels kind of good. Oh, hey. <laughs> I don't know what shut up button to press. Oh, my goodness. Well, hit one. Oh. Shut up, get, Chip. Get healthy, my brother. Get, get healthy. healthy. And Jennifer Walden is waiting for your call. <laughs> she has the big D technology. She, she Is that considered an essential business at this time? Oh, yeah. It's oh, definitely yeah. essential. Listen, that sports hernia injury is essential. It needs to be fixed. I'm on my way. Hey, sign me up. I'm on my way over there after the show. Big D technology. Oh, D my gosh. is for dominant. Right, right, right. Big, get back on the field. Big dominant technology. <laughs> right, Salty? Oh. It's not time to break, but I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back and have a better segment. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Maybe re- re- recalibrate. Oh. Yeah, regroup. My regroup. man said, you need to go see Jennifer Walden <laughs> to we- get better, Jordan Whittington. <laughs> I mean, I'm brilliant. Oh. Do people not understand this? <laughs> I'm here for you. Oh, I can't stop laughing. It's the bottom line. <laughs> All right, we're trying to make an appointment for Jordan Whittington at Dr. Jennifer Walden's office. But apparently they're only doing telemedicine. I think. Uh, Online medicine. I think that actually works. All right, well. Because you get to see. With telemedicine, you actually see the physician. We'll make an appointment. Yeah. All right, so Harge, we'll talk to uh, Gary Patterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In about 30 minutes. TCU Horn Frog head coach. All right, so I'm looking here at Texas in the draft. Connor Williams. Right. In the second round. I mean, the last time a Texas player was taken in the first round, it was the dead ass last pick in the first round, Malcolm Brown of the Patriots in 2015. Hey. Still a first-rounder. Before that, they had nobody picked in the 2014 draft. Not a one. Nobody. <laughs> 2013, Kenny Vaccaro. Yep. 15th overall pick in the first round. It's been rough, man. It's been It's been a tough go, man. Before that, before Kenny, the last, last first-round pick was Earl Thomas in 2010. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, up, to, I re- up to that point, they had first rounders all the damn time. I thought for sure, honestly, I thought for sure Aaron Williams was going to go in the first round. Thought he was going to be a late first rounder. 
He ended up going in the second round. He was the second pick of the second round. But I just – I thought he was going to be there. I thought, uh, obviously, Vaccaro ended up being that guy. Well, let me look at the first – I thought Jordan Hicks was going to be a first-rounder. Oh. But he couldn't be healthy. If he was – if he would have – well, There's I mean – no chance. If he would have been healthy, Jordan Hicks was a first-round pick. Yeah. Right. All right, the first decade of the 2000s, 2001 – Leonard Davis, Casey Hampton, both in the first round. Uh, 2002, Mike Williams, Quentin Jammer, both in the first round. 2004, Roy Williams, Marcus Tubbs, both in the first round. 2005, Cedric Benson, Derek Johnson, both in the first round. 2006, Vince Young, Michael Huff in the first seven picks of the draft. 2007, Michael Griffin, Aaron Ross, both in the first round. 2009, Brian Arakpo in the first round. 2010, Earl Thomas. After that, yeah, the record Kenny Vaccaro. Yep. And Malcolm Brown. Yep. Since. So that whole decade, that whole decade, that crappy decade yep. of 11 to or 10 to 19, two first round picks. <laughs> two. Hell, they had two in. 2001. Right, right. And then there was a whole decade with only two first-round picks for Texas. So do you think there's a possibility of Texas getting back to that? We've talked about their recruiting. Joseph Osai, baby. No pressure, Joseph. Well, that's one. But I'm saying, do you think they get to the point where they have double first-round picks? Because Jalen Green should develop. Yep. I mean, let's see what some of these receivers look like. I mean, offensive linemen need to start – and then the defensive line. I mean, right. Keandre Coburn has a chance to be a oh yeah Marcus Tubbs type player. Agree with that. Agree with that. And I'm I'm still looking at my man Tavante Sweat. Tavandre Sweat coming in, baby. From Huntsville coming in. He 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 brought some pain last year. Come on, man. Think he could be someone that could jump on that yeah. board too. Yeah, he's he's got the tools. Right. What about your boy B.J. Foster, man? Gotta stay off the gotta stay off the injury list, right? And show he can cover. Right. Right. We know he can thump. Maybe he comes down and be, be become that linebacker. Like uh Isaiah Isaiah uh why Simmons. You, why are you trying to cut in on uh Demarvin Overshaw, man? Hey man. Gotta wanna be there. You gotta wanna be the one to come in there and make that play. How do you know he doesn't wanna be there? You think he got a you think he got an attitude adjustment? He ready? I think we'll send him into Dr. <laughs> Jennifer Walden too. <laughs> Let him get some big D technology. Because he needs to bring it. Bring that D. I got it. I got it. Come on, man. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough ride for the Longhorns on draft day. No, no one ever really is uh, excited about the first day from the te- University of Texas. It's that third. Nobody's had a draft party <laughs> on the first day. Texas fans are like, hey, we're going to have a third day draft party. <laughs> we're quarantining Saturday right now. Saturday is our day. They don't have to worry about they don't have to worry about how many people are in the party. They they don't have to worry about no. it tonight, right? No. All right. Dang it. The man. rule is we start our draft party on Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. That's when the fourth round gets cooking. Well, I hope I, I really do. Seven. I really I mean, looking at this list and obviously there's still a bunch of guys that are in the league. You don't necessarily have to be a first round pick to to get on the field and play and be productive in the NFL. But you also want to build that for your resume as you're recruiting all these kids because 
What'd you just say? Three years in a row, you've had top, what, 10? Top 10 recruiting classes, and where's the development? And that's the one thing that I've always said. Where's the development here? You can win the games, but are you putting guys in the league? Are you developing these kids? And that is one of you just told you just said it about the decade. It was terrible decade. Awful. Terrible decade. And then you look and see. Right. Coaching change, coaching change. Right. Shoot ready aim. Well, they're starting they're starting anew, Chip. They're starting anew. So let's do something starting now, after Saturday, and then we'll start looking <laughs> at next year's draft. Last year, Charles Amenahu went in the fifth round. Yep. That was the first name call. Yep. Chris Boyd in the seventh round. Those That's the, it. Yeah, there was only two names That's called. That's it. Those right. are the only two names. Right. Right. So. And that's slim. funny that you say you, the 2018 Connor Williams, the second round pick. And, and my man Malik. Ma- my man Malik's on his third team in three years. Come on, man. Come on, Malik. We need to talk to Malik. We need to find out what's going on. That dude's got some freakish athletic skills. Right. Just got to get on the field, man. Maybe You think he need to change his number? <laughs> Quit playing with 46, and maybe that'll get you in some new luck. That's that is so baseball of you. Hey, man. I'm just trying to look out for the kid, man. Hey, man. He thinks he needs to change his walk-up music. The new, the new, look, if you're wearing the same jersey and you with three teams, might need to change your luck. Change it. Might Make, need to change it to 13. <laughs> right. <laughs> he won't be able to play with that, but he could play with zero if he was still in college. How do you feel about that, Chip? That people can play with the number zero on a football field. Have you ever seen anyone wear zero on a football field? Ever? Uh, no. Never. What are you talking Not about? Not even when you're little. Nobody played with number zero. Who's wearing zero? You can wear it now. Well, As who, a college athlete. That's what would? I'm saying. Somebody posted a picture of Devin Duvernay. when He said, they asked, would he look good in the number zero? Do you put it on a lineman like Larry Dibbles where he can wear number one? That was a bad <laughs> Sergio Kendall wearing two. Can he wear zero? Wasn't Dibbles wearing number one in like 2004? Right, right, right. Back in the day. Then I look at the national championship game. He was wearing 92. He was right in the middle of that uh, Lendo White pile up, right, too. Right, right. Oh, he was a monster. He was scribbled he, Dibbles. Yeah, yeah, he was a monster. Oh, yeah. And what was he, about 5'10, 5'11, just ripping people up? Yeah, you didn't want none of that either. Him and Roy Miller, you didn't want none of that. So, Roy Miller from the 254. Oh, you already know. From the K, he went to Shoemaker, though. But we let it slide. Roy loves me. We need yeah. to get him on the show. Well, get him. Get him. Yeah, we need we need to we need to check in with Roy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's probably got some stories about draft night as well. Oh yeah. I mean, those were the days when guys were enjoying themselves a little bit, huh? You think he's awake right now? Let me text him. Oh, he's from the K, man. He's he awake. just went to sleep. He doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> he just went he to doesn't. Sleep. He doesn't sleep. He waits. Right. He's like Chuck Norris. Right. Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. He went to the Buccaneers in 2009, third round pick. Oh yeah. K Town. He still lives in Killeen too. Oh, he does. I, I think so. We're about to find out. <laughs> you working on that? Oh yeah. Salty. Do you when when you were at the University of Texas? What were your glory years there? Like who was who was your draft guy? Jeff Swain, right? 
Was yeah. he? Yeah. I guess he got drafted. <laughs> yeah. What, where's well, your, that's Quandre. Where's that was your, Malcolm Brown. That was Malcolm Brown. Where's your energy this morning, Salty? He asked me a loaded question. Well, I didn't ask you if he asked you a loaded question. I asked you, where's your energy this morning? I was at Texas from 2012 to 2014. Those okay. were horrible years. Right. That's why. That was the that was the Game of Thrones. You had the Game of Thrones year in yeah. 2013. So, but you had when everybody's, when everybody's heads got lopped off. DeLoss, Mac. <laughs> I mean, you were there for the heart of the Steve Patterson era. Guess who, guess who was talking then? Guess who was uh, writing stories about Mac Brown then? The, the same, same guy that's still writing them stories, my man C. Breezy. Hey, man. We're he here when they get here. We're here when they're gone. <laughs> I've seen plenty of you come in here. I've seen plenty of you leave. That's what my boss at the AP always used to say about the politicians in the legislature. We're here when they get here. We're here when they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got some Do You Care coming up next. Gary Patterson at 7 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. It's bottom line. Oh, yeah. Off the rails on a Thursday. We'll talk to uh, Gary Patterson in about 15 minutes. All right, Harch, it's time for some Do You Care. I'm going first. Go ahead, man. The Boston Red Sox got a slap on the wrist. They're Major League Baseball suspending like a clubhouse manager <laughs> or a, yes. their video guy. Yeah. And no one else. And Alex Cora apparently was banned from baseball for his activities with the Astros. What? Do you care? We've been waiting for the bomb to drop on the Red Sox, who were dirty, no, dirty, rotten scoundrels with Alex Cora as their manager when Cora had been doing all kinds of shenanigans in Houston. But no. Major League Baseball is only suspending their video guy. Red Sox get off scot-free. Do you care? Yeah, this is this is uh, the have and the have-nots getting what they want again. Major League Baseball suspension. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Red Sox video replay systems operator. Let me say that to you again. Video replay systems operator, J.T. Watkins, without pay through the 2020 postseason and stripped the Red Sox of their second round pick in this year's draft. Well, Chip, from the rumors that I'm hearing, there's only going to be five rounds in the MLB draft. So them losing that pick might sting a little bit more because of the situation, but they'll get it right back when everybody's back out there. 
But Joey Cora just getting the slap on the wrist. This is all because of the vitriol that everyone gave the Houston Astros. So the players got immunity, right? So everybody was like, oh, they need to be suspended. They need this. So the Boston Red Sox, as we were talking about, their investigation is not done yet. Well, of course it's not going to be done because after the players saw exactly what the Astros players got, they decided I'm not saying anything. I'm not going to do anything. They didn't have a Mike Fires. Yeah, they did not because they didn't have a whistleblower. The people in Boston, they coming to bring the heat. They're not going to mess. They're not going to let you come in there and take away their championship. So you're saying if some former Red Sox came clean and was like, we were stealing signs, we were doing this, we were banging trash cans, we had Apple Watches, that the Red Sox nation would have hunted that player down and put him in cement swim fins. We would have been having... Dumped him into the Boston Harbor. We would have been having uh, CSI looking for him because those Boston Boston fans are not having you. LL Cool J be out investigating. (laughs) He'll be up there right now i mean chip this is this is embarrassing it's embarrassing for major league baseball because obviously they they suspended cora for the year now they suspended and fired uh hinch and lunau they're gone for the astros they suspended for the year joey cora joey cora now not joey alex you always say his brother because his brother's older but alex cora now can come back to baseball just like A.J. Hinch and everybody else. Remember I told you, I said, I think he's done forever. He'll be coaching in Puerto Rico, all that other stuff. No, not anymore. Not anymore because if they're just going to tap him on the wrist for what he did in Houston. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. What's worse? Texas Longhorns in the NFL draft the last 10 years or baseball never getting it right? I'm going to say baseball never giving it getting it right because this is the sport that I played. I've been around it. I was part of the steroids era. I was around all of this stuff, but there's always that okay, we can't cuz we're cuz baseball's losing when it comes to popularity. That's why they can't just they can't get rid of the Red Sox and suspend the Red Sox from all that stuff because like I told you before they're worth $3 billion, Chip. $3 billion. Chip, there is a, a announcement that seems to be happening that Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning will face Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady in a golf match. And the, the date is, well, the ch- channel is going to be TNT, but it says it's going to be in May. That's next month, bro. Come on, Do man. you care? Yeah, I care. I'm in. Okay. I'm watching. Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus uh, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm in. You like that one? Oh, yeah. Okay. They said it's going to be in Florida. I wonder why. Yeah, for coronavirus relief. Yeah, I wonder why it's going to be in Florida. Oh, because Tuami's there. And by the way, Salty flashed this on the screen when we were talking about it, but Michael Jordan's getting like roughly $4 million for the Last Dance documentary. Yeah. Because he's the one who had to sign off on it. That's that's still crazy to me. Without him, there's, there's no nothing. Sh- yeah. And he's donating the money. That's right, good Salty? For Michael. Yeah, he's not keeping a dime of it. Well, I mean, he makes. I mean, that's chump change. $100 yeah, I mean, million a year. Yeah, he's two. He's two point. 
$1.08 billion rich. So that's his net worth. How would you rate him as an owner? Terrible. Michael Jordan, do you care? Terrible. Michael Jordan's terrible because here's the here's the biggest thing. And I think I've me and you have talked about this off air. It's like Ken Griffey Jr. being a batting instructor. He can't do it. His stuff was so natural. But he's still got to be able to identify talent. Not, not, you should want to play on the franchise owned by Michael Jordan. You you would no love to do that. No one wants to play for the Charlotte Hornets. And pe- Char- people love living in Charlotte. Because Michael compares them to himself. Oh. You can't do that. Mike, Mike when you're here... Everybody else is here, so well, they can't get to you. Then they need some, they got to have some truth tellers up in there. Well, Mike is the truth teller. He hurts people's feelings. Oh, that, that kid can't play. That kid can't play. He'll never be me. You're right. There's not very many people that can be you. Even Kobe. Are you just making this up? No. No. Think about it. How is Michael Jordan is the greatest, quote unquote, the greatest basketball player. According to, to Lindsey. According to a lot of people. But I yes, see you, Lindsay. Yeah, look, for sure her. But as you break it all down, when you're judging players based on who you are, it's a little bit. Jerry West, he don't judge everyone. Did Jerry of... West go to the Hall of Fame hey, speech hey, hey, and hey. cuss people out? Did you relax? Did he go and cuss people out? He was out? pretty darn good. They made the logo after him. Did he go and cuss people out? But did out? he put the Warriors together? Yes. Because he does everywhere he now he's with the Clippers and are they putting something together? Because Jerry West, as you said, is the logo and he doesn't have the ego as Michael. Well, then someone needs to slap Michael around. Then tell, okay, what happened to that? Ask Steve Kerr what happened when people fired, punched. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, what? I'm punching you, dotting big D technology on you. That's what I'm talking about, Chip. I know you probably had something to do with this, but the Texas athletic program. Announced that they're going to do My Texas Tailgate, a virtual tailgate, on May 1st. It is a virtual celebration. Thoughts on this? Do you care? Listen, this is where we are in life. (laughs) It's Zoom happy hours. It's, I mean, my tennis group last night had a Zoom happy hour. Hey, man. I was working on the eyes of Texas over at Horns 24-7, but, yeah, I mean, this is where we are. Hey, Virtual tailgate. Right. You bring the barbecue. Oh, wait. Never mind. Oh, you can. You can bring your own barbecue. Well, yeah. In your backyard and you just sit there But I can't eat it. Oh, yeah. You make your own. Yeah. Get your Traeger going. That's a lot of extra grilling. You got to have your Traeger in the bag. (laughs) That's a lot of extra grilling. (laughs) I like to combine forces. Right. I'll bring the coleslaw. Someone else grill. I'll bring the soda. I'll bring the LaCroix. I'll bring the chips. (laughs) Hey, I'll bring the big D technology. You know what I mean? Oh, Lord. All right, we're going to be talking to Gary Patterson uh, coming up here in about five minutes. But on the uh, Dan Patrick show, Nick Saban said he's never sent an email or a text message in his life. Well, I receive emails. Um I'm not much of a texter. I received text. So the the big news was is I now have an email and I receive emails. But <laughs> have you sent there. an email on your own? No, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> was he kidding? Do you care? Of course he's kidding. 
but he's probably got someone sitting right next to him that is tech savvy that he's telling. Maybe he's voice to text. Maybe he's voice to text. He he seems like a guy. He wants contact with you. He don't care about all that technology. I want to talk to you. And he's the guy that if you text him, he picks up the phone That's and right. call you. He went on to say that he just calls people back. He does right. not text them. Back. Right. That's what I was just about to say. He seems like, oh, I got to text him. Hey, what'd you want? What'd you want? I'm like, no, man, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to text Hard you. Hard like that. Oh, yeah. Just to you, Salty. Just to you. So's Glenn Smith. Yeah. One of our Cowboys insiders. He'll, he'll he just... don't text. <laughs> if I text him something, I'm getting a call. Within five seconds. Five right? seconds. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk to Gary Patterson. He's got three players who could go near the top of the draft. We'll talk to Gary Patterson, TCU football coach. We'll do it next right here. On and off the rails Thursday on the bottom line, baby. Life happens for those that show up, and we're glad you showed up with us. Off the rails on a Thursday, the bottom line, brought to you by Coors Light on AM 1300, The Zone. My man, C. Breezy, Chip Brown, Come holding on. it down. Shannon B. Sweeney behind the glass, and it's your boy, Harbaugh Harge. Joining us now on the bottom line, TCU head football coach Gary Patterson. Uh, Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, the draft is tonight. And you've got three uh, studs, Jeff Gladney, Ross Blacklock, Jalen Rager, uh, who are all guys uh, expected to be taken in this draft. What? Uh, let's let's just start there. Jeff Gladney. I mean, he he locked down C.D. Lamb last year. Well, um, you know, Jeff is a, basically a four-year starter that developed from East Texas. Uh, tough. We always put him on our best. Uh, the best guy that our opponents had as a general, especially last year because we had younger corners, um, graduated. He was a guy that uh, really has a little bit of East Texas tough to him. You know, play would play banged up. Uh, and I think that's some of the things that they like about him it, is, you know, he, he really competes. Uh, he's not going to back down from anybody. And, you know, they uh, – kids here after – you know, he knows how to process. We play a lot of defense, and he was able to uh, – learn it all and, and make adjustments, you know, during, during a ball game, which, uh, you know, coaches see. And they really liked him, uh, to be honest with you, when they met with him because he could explain the whole defense, what we were trying to get done, not just from a corner standpoint, a safety standpoint, and a linebacker standpoint. Yeah, I mean, he's learned from the best. He's learned from Gary Patterson. What about, uh, what about Ross Blacklock? What do you like about him? Well, I tell you, um, Ross is going out as a junior. I, you know, I, I really do, and he may be a late first round guy, and definitely going to be a second. Both these guys, I think, that we've talked about so far, are going to be at least that. Uh, I thought Ross would be uh, probably a top fifteen pick if he came back as a senior, but you know, uh, these kids want to get out. This is what their dreams are, and I'm excited for him. But. Ross played at 290. As a redshirt freshman, he played at 323, 325. And when he ran for the Pro Scouts a year ago in the spring, he ran a 4.9. So they're very excited about that. Uh, losing a little bit of weight, I think, hurt him a little bit. Uh, but he's unbelievably uh, athletic. He was a guy that when he came to our camp uh, at 330 pounds, could put his, basically put his elbow on the crossbar. I mean, he, could, he was very athletic. And so I think his, his hot tie-in is, is way up there, I think. They want to see him back in the 315, 320, 325 range, which he could easily do and play at that weight. 
and uh, that'll give him an opportunity uh, to be more successful. But I, when most most people saw him uh, work out for him uh, before they shut everything down, I think that was the thing they liked most is how athletic he is, and he's also a very he's also a kid that can process and play a lot of defense, uh, even from a D tackle position. And so, uh, you know, it's I, I, you know a lot of people talk to him, a lot of people like him. We're talking to Gary Patterson, head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs, and coach. I want to ask you about Jalen Rager. I mean, obviously his numbers were down a little bit last year from the year before, but he's a guy that's pretty much a game breaker. What are you hearing about him? Well, to be honest with you, we we heard whether it was because of the freshman quarterback or whatever other reasons. So you know, he, he, some of that problem was our offense and our faults as coaches not getting him the ball more, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, he was a 26-foot long jumper, 6'8 high jumper, very athletic. Even though he's 5'11", uh, he, can, he, can, he can elevate, which is not something that everybody else can do. And, you know, he ran on a 4x100 uh, at Waxahachie uh, that ran like a 40.0, whatever. So he can, he can roll. And I think that's they like they like about him. Um, you know, there was questions about catching the ball, but at the combine he caught it well, I think. And that comes a little bit with uh, having a young quarterback, not staying focused, um, not making any excuses. But uh, a lot of people like him. They also like him as a returner. You know, we had a couple touchdowns on punt returns this year. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those situations where, like it usually is with these teams. Um, and the other thing that some of our kids didn't get us, he actually went back and found a place to uh, do another pro day where he ran, and he ran a lot better. Him and Gladney were about seven or eight pounds heavier uh, at the combine than when they ended the season. And, uh, you know, they both didn't run as well. They both ran well, but they didn't run as well as what they, they're capable of running. And, and uh, Jalen came back and ran, had his own, had his own pro day. And he ran the way I thought he would run it, which is, uh, and so I think that's already, that's helped him already. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gary, no one does self-scout like you. And um, I know you you brought in Jerry Kill, the former Minnesota head coach. Uh, talk about his role um, and... And I know you're grinding. I know you're grinding because you're always grinding. How are you trying to make the most of this uh, this this time away from your team or on Zoom with your team during this pandemic? Well, I think the biggest thing is you've got to go back and evaluate. We've uh, we've evaluated all parts which you wouldn't get to do if you went through spring ball and everything. How we do uh, academically as far as the, the people that work with uh, our kids. You know, talking to our academic people, uh, tutors, all of it, who, who deals with who, who does the best job from um, how we recruit, how our process is, to uh, not knowing, uh, you know, are they going to give us, you know, we, is it going to be business as usual we come back? Are they giving six weeks? Are we going to get four weeks? 
what's going to be the answer to how we can get a team ready so we can play a season. And so right now that's what I'm doing. Uh, besides uh, talking on calls uh, <laughs> this year, being the, you know, the president of the American football coach association, just talking on calls of, of how we, uh, you know, we, we, we help our game and how do we get a chance to play and, you know, using a little bit of patience and a little bit of reason, I think, and really kind of talking people into not panicking. And so, uh, you know, because it's people don't understand, it's there's a lot more than just if you don't play the game, there's a lot more people that are affected than just football. And so, um, you know, and we all, we all are very mindful of that. So, Gary, I wanted to ask you this. You, you know, you touched on a lot of that. But as far as your players that you're being able to have contact with, talking about them, how are they handling it? Are they are they taking it upon themselves? How are you developing your leadership um, from your players? Well, you didn't get spring ball, so it's you know you don't do that. You know you can you get eight hours a week with these guys, and so our each individual coaches. You know, one of the coaches are finding out it's now you know they've always gone out spring recruiting. They're finding out what it's like to be a head coach. Uh, because now they they have to be here. They they're the ones dealing with them on a day to day basis. Uh, how are they lifting? Is it too easy? Too light? Are they are they uh, did they get did they hit their tutor appointment? Because we try to do all academics in the mornings. Um, and so, um, how is everybody doing? And you know, as, as a general rule, I think we're doing really good as a team academically. We had a really good fall. A lot of times, if you don't have as good a season as you want, your academics fall off. But this group of kids, uh, that was not the case. Uh, you know, 99% of everybody was, was doing what they were needed to do and how they needed to do it, which means you got kids that process, that can think for themselves, and it's important to them. So, you know, from all those areas, all those areas, we're keeping in contact. You know, it keeps them busy. You know, it's, you know, you, you got athletes that their whole life has been structured. When you when you uh, get up, when you go to class, when you have tutoring, when you uh, practice, when you have study all, you know, it's always been planned. And then you're going to put these kids in a situation where they have to do it on their own. And so there's some positives to that because, you know, it's kind of like going out and getting your first apartment. You've got to be the guy. You, you have to be the one that makes the call and turns on the electricity, turns on the water, uh, make sure you get your uh, rent paid on time. You know, there's there's a process of being a coach and being a teacher and being a parent of making these kids, you know, grow up. So when they leave college, they can go, they can go do things on their own. And uh, we have a tendency sometimes to, uh, to not do that for them. You know, think that we need to do, you know, help them out through all those stages. Well, at some point in time, just like your own, your own kids, you have, you have to teach them. So that when we leave home, they can, they can operate in life. And so, I'm, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to be able to do that, uh, to be able to be able to talk to our kids, even get the chance to know them better, especially our young players, even our recruits that are, you know, guys that signed that are coming in, to get to know better before you get into practice and, and be able to talk about something besides football. I think, you know, it's, it's a good learning lesson for all of us. And this is the most time we've ever had with our families, you know, being able to, uh, you know, really get to sit back and do some things with them. And we need to use this because it's, Hopefully this this kind of a, this kind of a situation never comes up again. Yeah, so. amen to that, uh, Gary. I do want to before we let you go, Jerry Kill. Um, you know, very successful head coach, but uh, had some health issues, so stepped down. 
uh, as a head coach, but what's he doing for your program? Well, Jerry, Coach Kill and I for 36, you know, 30 some years, at always some point in time, always want to coach. And he was a guy that no matter he went as a head coach, no matter what level, he always made that place better. You know, and that's uh, one of the things I've tried to pride in. So <clears throat> I felt like that I've been involved so much in defense over through the years to have a guy on that side, even though he can't be on, you know, he's not going to be a on the field coach of being able to grow up younger coaches that guys in this day and age, it's, it's a young man's profession to show them all the little things that make them a well-rounded coach. Not, you know, coordinator doesn't mean it doesn't say in the, in the dictionary call plays it's coordinator mean coordinate people. So how do you coordinate people? How do you learn how to be, to know everything that goes on, not just your position and to develop our, our GAs, our analysts, everybody on that, you know, on that side of the ball to have a guy that can watch them a lot closer. And, uh, you know, I have a guy back on in our recruiting wing that basically runs that for us, that that watches academics real close because he was, to be honest with you, he was in high school. He did it for 30 years, and he, he's very he's very knowledgeable about it. So getting guys uh, the piece of the puzzle, which I've been wanting to do this for years, I've, I've been trying to create get him to create a position uh, ever since Jerry quit being a head coach uh, that would be a guy that could actually – uh, come in and, and do what he's done everywhere he's else he's done, and because we, you know, we we weren't where we needed to be offensively last year, and this given us an opportunity. Not that all of a sudden we're going to change it overnight, but you know, have uh, learn how to process and get kids to stay in it. They become really good players. They're a lot better players when they're a fifth-year senior than they were when they're freshmen, and that's all anybody could ever ask uh, a coach to do. And he's he's very well qualified and very good at doing that. He's, if you're ever around him. I don't know anybody that doesn't that doesn't like him. He just does a great job with people. He's been great for me to have a guy to, for me to to talk to and bounce things off of uh, on a day to day basis, just because of the way he's done things. And to be honest with you, the people he knows, yeah, from, from recruiting standpoints, from people he knows to NFL guys that he's coached. I mean, if there's such an he has such a volume of knowledge uh, that he brings to the program, that's uh, that's really been really a, a breath of fresh air. Well, Gary, we know you're going 100 miles an hour. We really, really appreciate the time, my friend. Stay safe and keep the faith, and uh, let's talk again soon. Yep. All we got to do is eyes up, keep climbing. That's all we can do. That's right, baby. That's right. There he is, Gary Patterson. The bottom line rolls out. Oh, yeah, good stuff with Gary Patterson. Interesting. Yeah, you could hear the, the pain in his voice when he said... I thought Ross Blacklock could have been a top 15 pick if he'd have come back. But I'm happy for him. I'm excited for him. He's living they out. They want to get dream. out of here. They want to get out. Of here. Yeah, they do. I mean, like you said, it's 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 different now, Chip. The whole setup, the whole landscape of college football is totally different right now. And so if I got an opportunity to go make a little bit of money, go get myself my career started, and he may be a guy that can play for a long time because of the position that he plays. So why not go take that opportunity to go get that money? And as we said at the beginning of the show, he's got three guys that has the possibility of being called tonight. Oh, yeah. With the, what would you say, five and seven record? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's not, uh, right. that's not where Gary typically finds himself, but he had a freshman quarterback. He stuck with it, went through the growing pains. Now 
he's got some holes to fill. I mean, he's got to replace three offensive linemen. He's got to replace Jalen Rager, both his running backs. Yeah. And Darius Anderson and uh, Sewo Alumalane. Or, Say again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's gone. So, and then on defense, they they lose a guy at each level. They lost Blacklock on the D-line. They lost uh, their middle linebacker. And then they lost Gladney in the secondary. So, TCU trying to get it figured out. I also thought it was interesting. He was talking about Jerry Kill, the former right. Minnesota head coach. Very successful what he said is right. Everywhere Jerry Kill has been, the program's gotten better. But he has seizures, and he collapsed during a game once. And yeah. So he got out of the head coaching game, but I thought it was interesting that Gary said he's been trying for years to hire Jerry Kill, and he's now got that position created, and it's basically to be Gary's eyeballs on the offensive side. It makes you think that they obviously they've had a relationship for a long time. He likes what he brings to the table. Because remember, and, he had Sonny Dykes. Right, right. And then Sonny moved on. Right. Got a head coaching job. You get the feeling with Jerry Kill, Jerry Kill could be there a while. Absolutely, especially because he doesn't have to have that pressure of being the head coach and trying to run the entire organization because his health has obviously played a major part. I mean, I remember him coaching in the press box. Because of his seizures. He wasn't even on the field anymore. Right. So, I mean, this this could be something that Gary leans on for a while. And like you said, this could be a, a partnership that's going to be here for a minute. It's just interesting but to did me. But did you also hear the – I mean, it was a lot of offense. Right. Uh, well, I mean, that's Sonny, what struggled last Sonny, year, right? Right. Sonny's – well, freshman quarterback. I mean, right. you're going to have some growing pains. Texas right. had that. With Sam's Sam, freshman year. Throwing balls to the wrong people. Sonny. It happens. Sonny's had to have some thick skin here the last couple of years. Right. He made him, Gary made him come out and answer questions after they lost to SMU last year. And Gary never lets his coordinators talk after games. So Sonny's probably feeling it right about now. Right. Right. So, Chip, you know, tonight is the NFL draft. We just talked about the players from TCU. We talked about the, Lack of players from uh, the University of Texas on the first night. First round was not But you came across an interesting stat about the Cincinnati Bengals and players that were taking af- taken after the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals can't screw this up tonight, can they? No. They, Joe Burrow, you were, you've been on this. Everybody unanimously, every board that I've looked at, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, boom, boom, boom. Those two. And there, but I've seen a lot of different names in the three spot, Chip. Hey, can we just? I know, but I want you to go back to your Bengal story. Thank you. I want you. you to share that with before the you give me reason <laughs> to reach for the tums about my Lions botching this draft. So the the Bengals over the years, it's been uh, it's been it's been amazing, right? That the pick after the Bengals has gone on to become a superstar or even Hall of Famer. So in 1988, the Bengals, with the fifth overall pick, took Ricky Dixon. The next pick, the Raiders took Tim Brown. In 1994, the Bengals took Dan Wilkinson with the first pick in the draft. The Colts, with the next pick, took Marshall Falk. Mm. In 95, the Bengals took Kajana Carter with the first pick in the draft. The next pick, the Jags took Tony Baselli, who's now a 
Hall of Fame candidate. Uh, 99, Bengals took Akili Smith with the third pick in the draft. Quarterback. The Colts, with the next pick, took Edgerin James. In 2001, the Bengals took Justin Smith, who ended up being a, a good player. I think most of his good years was San Francisco. But with the next pick, the Chargers took LaDainian Tomlinson. Mm. In 2002, the Bengals took Levi Jones with the 10th pick. And with the next pick, the Colts took Dwight Freeney. Mm. And in 2017, the Bengals, with the ninth pick, took John Ross, wide receiver, Washington. Because he ran a 4-2. He ran a 4-2. Yeah. And with the next pick, the Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes. Oh! Oh. Now, the one time it didn't, they didn't get cursed. 2003, they took Carson Palmer with the first pick. With the next pick, the Detroit Lions selected Charles Rogers. <laughs> one of the biggest busts in uh. NFL draft history. <laughs> Leave it to the Lions, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They always make you feel better. They- They'll always make you feel better about yourself. No. It's like watching an episode of Jerry Springer. <laughs> you want to feel good about yourself? Just watch an episode of Jerry Springer and say, at least I don't have that effed up life. You no, know what I'm saying? No doubt. No doubt. I'm just saying. All right, we'll come back with the Hard Knocks life. Big Kenny Sims. Oh, baby. Speaking of number one picks in the draft. Yes, sir. It is the bottom line. It's brought to you by Coors Light. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's NFL draft day. And we got a guy who lived and breathed as the number one overall pick in the 1982 draft. Take it away, Hart. That's right. He's the pride of Kasi. He's the Grosbeck goat. He's the one who created the lifetime Longhorn. He's got his pictures all over the place at the University of Texas. As a matter of fact, the day I got married, I took a picture of myself standing next to Kenny Sims. My man, big fella, Kenny Sims. What's going on, brother? Man, everything's good. How you guys doing? We're doing outstanding, Kenny. And and I I was talking about this earlier in the in the week that Chip and I were gonna talk about the draft and how it's supposed to go down and now it's the first time that they're going to be doing it from computers. But you told me that when you got drafted, you were pretty much the only one that was there. So it's just like the draft right now. Yeah, man, they were squeezing that dollar back then. You know, they was they was pretty tight, and uh, they bought me in. And uh, of course, I was I had to go the next day to Boston. I'm pretty sure the Patriots. You know, I was on a crop duster. <laughs> You know, I was glad. I was I was glad for once to get on that Trump shuttle to get off that crop duster. Uh, so, but yeah, they had a budget back then. Uh, you know, Pete was pretty tight with the dollar. You know, they had that was no free agency, so they was they was squeezing that dollar. All right, uh, Kenny Sims uh, joining us, and Kenny, what 
Do you remember what your hands measured at at the combine? Well, I'll just tell you this, Chip. I took my seventh grade picture with two basketballs. His seventh grade. Do the math. Wow. Yeah. Do the math. Yeah. Like was it like an eleven? Hey, and 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 uh this this I will tell you. When I worked at Don Wheaton's Conoco, you know, who rated Don Wheaton, uh <laughs> I could tow the car battery in each hand. And this was in the wow. Man, you remember how big car batteries were. And that brings me to something. Dude, I played the whole NFL ca- career of mine with Drew Brees thumb unfixed. Oh, so oh. I basically so I basically left my counter move in Dallas in the preseason. You know, <laughs> eating eating uh Tony Roman ribs and uh that was with my boy Dewey Turner, God rest his soul. He bought me some barbecue. But uh yeah, I left my I left my it would have been better off for me to fall that day than for me to stay on a three point cause this dude from Notre Dame jumped on my back and of course the weight of me and him both on my one hand. Something got to give, and it was my right hand. And you know, uh, Chip, when you played a thirty-four defense, Ron was probably wondering what happened to me. But dude, once they figure out you ain't got no counter, hey, y'all, you got a fastball. They just sit on your fastball. I know what happened to just fastball pitches. They end up cooking burgers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I was just fortunate. You know that I kind of figured it out, man. You know, so God bless me. You know, to be able to be a smart cat growing up, you know, facing obstacles, you know, you got to use that Negro ingenuity every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> My man, we're talking to Ke- Kenny. Are you watching Gunsmoke this morning? No, nah, man, I'm sitting here listening to a little bit of uh, Alvin Pope on the jazz because, you know, it soothes the, su- the savage beast. <laughs> yeah, because I can hear it a little bit in there. You can turn it down a little bit, bro. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> okay. So well, you know, I, I got, I got, I got. You know, that's my screen. You know, my my uh, what do you call it? My set. You know. Yeah, hey. that's your screensaver. I got you. I got you. So, Kenny, I want to ask you about the the draft and and everything that you went through, and now you're looking at what's going on in the NFL. And your boy Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski have left the New England Patriots. You're a proud New England Patriot. You still rock with them. You watch all their games. What are your thoughts on Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski going to uh, Tampa Bay? Well, i just say this much. All that fake love Mr. Kraft was showing them, my boy, you know, they jerked that cat around for years, man, telling them they were going to pass the money. I remember when they had Branch, man, they supposed to give him some bank. Tom left money on the table. He's been giving them the hometown discate for, you know, a whole lot of years, and his wife been out earning him. So I'm the king of the crib now. He takes $75,000 a month to Mr. G. Oh, man. How about yeah. $75,000 a month, Chip. Oh, I can't ever possibly <laughs> imagine that. I mean, that's you like. You're going to go syndicate it, man. Oh, man. <laughs> A man, a man can dream. You know what I mean. All right, so let me ask you this. Let me ask. Let me ask you this, uh, Kenny. Kenny Sims uh, joining us, number one overall pick in the 1982 draft. Now, I said last year that that Brady dropped off because he didn't have any weapons. His man Gronk wasn't there. Now, now Gronk Ooh. is going to be with him in Tampa. Do you agree with that or not? 
I'm 100% with you, Chip. I'm all in. And I tell you this much, I had discussed that with a few of my football friends, they're Cowboy fans, and I told them, I say, you get Tom that, that cash the Cowboys got, they'd have been beating the brakes off of everybody. Everybody. Amen. You hear me? You Amen. look at that cash. That, boy, they got some bad dudes up there in Dallas on that offense, man. Right? But they need they need to find them a little chubby dude to go in the middle though, man. You can never <laughs> hips don't get it, bro. Trust me. <laughs> you gotta go get a chubby dude. You gotta go get one of them cats to be getting that sack. You know, when I was at UT I went to a uh McDonald's up in Dobie Mall with this shot putter buddy of mine, Rain uh uh from uh Iceland. And he the first brother I ever seen come out of there with that shopping bag. <laughs> you know what the oh yeah, the McDonald's Dude, shopping bag. Came up. I'm telling you, man, we go in the club and the motorcycle gang get up and leave. <laughs> yeah, this dude, man, from from Iceland. Oh my god! I'm well, telling you, people still talk about your hands, Kenny. Like I, I talk. I mean, Gil Brandt, everybody in the NFL who remembers you coming through the draft, they all talk about the size of your hands. That's why I asked you because I've I've put my hand up against your hand. You, I mean, you have the biggest hands I've ever seen. Hey, Kenny, tell tell him what you told that girl that came up to you and say, "Oh my, you got the biggest hands." Kenny said, "Well, if I if I if my hands looked like yours, I'd have been in the circus." <laughs> what if I'd have had feet like hers? <laughs> oh no! Never, you wouldn't be calling me today, huh? Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. If you can't stay on your feet, you cannot play football. If you can't stay on your feet, because dudes on the ground, they end up being a manager. <laughs> Bobby Boucher getting the water or something. Okay, so you got yes, sir. Well, this is interesting because Keandre Coburn, uh, early on, you know he struggled, right? I mean, every young defensive lineman, the closer you are to the ball, the harder it is to stay on the field as a young player. But he was kind of getting knocked to the ground a lot. But you've seen him. What are you seeing from him, like last season in terms of his development? Well, first of all, I think he's a two or three, or maybe a one. Uh, they're not 34 defensive ends, man. You know, the phenotype for that deal is, you know, you you got to be pretty much uh, uh, half in, half tackle and all that to, to play out there, and it's a different mindset, Chip. Uh, you're, instead of holding the front, front you're for, forcing the front on the 4-3, if you know what I mean, yep. close to the ball, the deal you said. And those guys came in as DTs, and uh, I think the switch that Tom made is going to be uh, we will gain just, you know, from their knowledge already, they'll be ahead of the game because they can do something they're used to doing, which is going forward. And when you play the 34, you know, as your old SMU guys ran, you know, uh, you, they told me to wait, and I'm reading this guy. And if you watch any film in Texas, we wasn't reading nothing, dude. <laughs> You was, dan- you was dancing it out to our music because we wasn't, hey, we wasn't buying any of yours, man. Just, <laughs> that's where we rolled. I love we it. We were fortunate we had the talent to do it, you know, and the guys after me, you know, I watched them the other day, boy, and I got house proud watching uh, Tony and and uh, and uh, Hainsey and my man Eric Holly, who was, dude, straight baller, man. That cat in the pros, you know, he played inside and outside. Very few cats can do that, man. I was able to do it just because God blessed me to be a big old brother. But, uh, you know, Eric, man, he ain't the biggest dude in the world, but damn, he 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 handled up when he was in KC, you know, playing that nose and that end, man. So 
And that Texas dude, man, he hit Stanley Wilson so hard, I feel sorry for his family. Oh, <laughs> oh Kenny, you're the best. There he is. He was drafted <laughs> first pick overall in the 1982 draft. He's a friend of mine, he's a friend of yours, and he's a friend to the Longhorn Nation. Kenny, always a pleasure, my brother. Enjoy the draft yeah. tonight. Hey, man, I just want to give a shout-out. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of people in Austin that uh, need something on their plate. So go to that Capital Food Bank and give them a little something, something, break them out. Appreciate you, brother, as always. Thanks, Kenny. All right. Hug him. There he is. Kenny Sims. The bottom line rolls on. Oh, yeah. Big Slimmy. Kenny Sims, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy. That guy's a jewel. <laughs> a jewel. Protect him at all costs. Protect right, him. Salty? <laughs> all right, Harge. We will talk to Fozzie Whitaker <clears throat> coming up at 8 o'clock. Yep. And we will talk to new Texas women's basketball coach Vic Schaefer tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Vic, he's on the he's on the war path, baby. Yeah. He's, get, he's going to get players. Moving. He's shaking. Yep. But speaking of basketball, Harge, tomorrow is when we're supposed to get the announcement from Austin Vandergriff, five-star power forward, Greg Brown the third. We talked to him. Check out the podcast page. Yep. And uh, and he's now got a an interesting new option in addition to the five schools that he had as finalists. Texas, Memphis, Kentucky, Auburn, and Michigan. Right. He's now got a G League offer. No doubt. And it's, I'm told it's over $125,000, which, again, he's G League squeezing the bag, man. Right. Of college basketball. Here's the biggest thing for me in this situation is – Marcus J. Spears of ESPN is one of the top NBA writers. He's not Woj, but he's up there, and he he's close. You know what I'm saying? And he is the one that is talking about this kid in his future. And so if you got ESPN following a kid like this because of the trend in what you were just talking about where all these top players now have the option of going to, quote-unquote, the G League, which is considered – the minor leagues, the developmental league for these players, and they've got an offer of over $125,000. Now, Chip, you and I, well, I know I do. I'm not going to speak for you in this instance, but I believe that Greg Brown is a one-and-done type of guy. Yes, he's going to have development. Well, he yes. believes that. Remember, he said, right, right. I'll be moving on in eight months. For, yeah, yeah. I'm only going to be at the school for a couple months. You know what I'm saying? But as you break this all down, and, and I've seen the kid. I think he's got some talent. Like, his ceiling is unbelievable. It's all about development now. How, how good are you going to develop and how much work are you going to put in? I know who he works out with, and I know how hard that kid works. I was watching him. He was bench pressing 250 pounds the other day. Come on, man. And he's wiry. He's right. just that wiry, long, strong kid and would bounce. So when this all happens – I, I I posed the question to you guys yesterday. Why wouldn't he take the money if he's only going to be at a school for six months? I mean, it would be, to me, it would be naive of myself to think that he wouldn't take it. And again, Marcus Spears, Marcus J. Spears, not, not Swagoo, but the Marcus J. Spears that covers the NBA, he's talking about this kid. So it leads me to believe 
that he's going to take the G League money, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just – much. Yeah. So now Texas fans that were, I'm only going to go if Shaka – I mean, Texas is only in it because Shaka's here. But also during that same interview, make sure you get to the podcast page. My man C. Breezy said, I'm looking at all these crystal balls and it says you're leading to Texas – and his father's like, man, that's why I don't pay attention to that. I like proving people wrong. Yeah, that was. So it's like, oh. I think this G League might be a, <laughs> a soft landing for Texas fans. Right, right. I don't, I don't know that Texas was really ever in it. But, I mean, you never know. I mean, the pandemic, everything can. Right. it can, changed everything. It can change how people look at things. So my gut yep. is G League. That's my gut. It's kind of like what we talked about yesterday That's with uh, Clemson losing that top recruit, uh, Corey Form- uh, Foreman from California. The pandemic changes the way you think about things. If it would have been everything was the same and none of this had ever happened, that kid would probably still be going to to South Carolina to go to Clemson. Greg probably would have been going to college and doing his thing. Now it's like the G League becomes a major option for these top 10 recruits and just think about hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When he didn't sign early or commit early or do national signing day, we were like, man, what is he going to do? How long is this going to play out? Now we're like, well, I mean, he's making his announcement tomorrow at 2 o'clock central time. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a party somewhere. Well, we said it. The minute that Jalen Green got a $500,000 offer from the G League, yep. we marked the tape. <laughs> the, he gone. Well, that changes the game forever. Right, right. That changes the college recruiting game. It changes the bag men. Like we watched the, the show The Scheme when it came out. That was the first thing we were talking about because all the shoe companies and how everybody right. gets they involved. Have, they have Will Wade on tape, the head right. coach at LSU, talking about Oh, I made him a great offer. Yep. Made him a great offer. And and that's what that's what this does. The G League is now and it's a they're not under the rights of a team. They're on a they're on a developmental squad for a year where they're playing exhibitions against right. you know, international teams and such. And then they enter the draft. Right. So Right. So you get to judge. The owners have decided, okay, you know what? It's worth it for us to put some money aside and have our own little developmental team for the handful, you know, 10, 12 players who we know are talented enough to be one and dones, and we're going to invest in them first. True. And that's that's where we are. Yeah. And now Greg Brown III, by waiting, smart, Right, <laughs> he picked up this additional option, and he's probably going to pick up six figures on uh-huh. his way to the league. Right, so he's already on his got way it. to the league. Now, 
he was probably going to pick up six figures. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, but Stop no, 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 he doesn't have to go to class. Stop it, Chip. You know they don't do that oh, anymore. Yeah. I after, ki- I'm just after kidding. the FBI started looking ha, at ha. them. Ha ha. Wink, wink. Ha ha. Wink, <laughs> wink. Okay. Speaking of college athletics, Arizona's president, the University of Arizona, where our man Rob Gronkowski and Nick Foles went to school. Yep. Dr. Robert Robbins. President of Arizona said Wednesday he does not anticipate uh, football being played this fall, even though Arizona plans to bring students and faculty back to campus for face-to-face instruction during the fall semester. In an interview with KVOI AM in Tucson, Robbins said he's worried about intercollegiate athletics getting back to normal after the coronavirus pandemic. And... He said, we're waiting to see what the NCAA does, what the Pac-12 does. And everybody's sort of on hold until the end of May. And then people will start making some decisions about how they're going to proceed with the fall. But that's uh, that's one you need to keep an eye on because I've been talking about this for weeks that don't be shocked if football kicks off in January. Now, that sets up a whole nother set of questions for schools in place, frigid places like in in the Big Ten and in the ACC. Right. Are they going to play football? I think the Big 12 is going to play football. Right. I think the SEC is going to play football. Well, not, If not- the Big Ten don't want to kick off in uh, – Sub-zero temperatures up in Madison, Wisconsin, or Happy Valley. I guess that's on them. <laughs> you decide. Could be a real limited playoff field this year if uh, if two of the Power Five conferences decide not to play football. Uh, something tells me they would find it in their in their deepest dark darkest regions of their heart. Right to somehow play football because they can't leave that revenue behind if the if the Big Twelve and the SEC are are playing football. Right, you can't do that. But pressure's on, baby. Lord knows, we never thought we'd be talking about this kind of stuff. Hey, let's talk to Fozzie Whitaker. Let's talk to him next. If you got to be somewhere at eight, you better hustle. Spotlight in the immortal words of Judy Brown. Happiness is a choice. Hang in there, folks. Yeah. Uh, And we're happy you spent some time with us. Bottom line, off the rails on a Thursday. Hope you'll take a second right now to become an organ donor and sign up to give the gift of life at DonateLifeTexas.org. All right, let's go to the hotline and bring on one one of the great stories. Perseverance, baby. Perseverance. We call him Captain America because, you know, he's uh, he's indestructible like that. The one and only Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. How you guys doing this Thursday morning? We're good. It's draft day, Fozzie. It's draft day. Yes, sir. This is a, a great time for a lot of young college athletes uh, finally getting their dreams to come true. And then uh, a lot of time for people to to have a realization of what the NFL really is about. You know, Fozzie, draft day meant nothing to you. I mean, right. initially, right? But, exactly. But talk about, it, it, yeah, talk about how you had to, you know, regroup and and uh, and come back bigger, faster, stronger. 
Yeah, so uh, a lot of perception around the draft or if you play in the NFL at all, uh, you know the general perception is that you were drafted at some <laughs> capacity, whether it's first round, second round, third, all the way to the seventh round. It was, it's a general notion that you were drafted, and that's typically the question that you get from from people that may not know you as well. Oh, okay, when did you get drafted or who did you get drafted to? It's kind of the general question asked whenever they're trying to understand who you are, where you're from. So uh, for me, uh, I've always had a unique story of, uh, whenever I finished my college career, obviously due to a, a gruesome new in, uh, knee injury, um, I was able to go through the combine. I, I did everything that I could do. I wasn't able to participate in any of the uh, drills or exercises uh, because I was recovering. But on draft day, um, you know, I received some calls from a couple of the teams that were just saying, "Hey, be patient. You know, just be be alert. If we get an opportunity here, we may we may draft you." and this pick or at this round or whatever the case may be. But uh, my knee injury was pretty bad where I had to sit out a, a basically an entire year since I had surgery. I had surgery that January, and um, I wasn't able to play football for the next foreseeable six months or so. And uh, teams kind of told me that, you know, they, they may pick me up or they may have room for me as a free agent after the draft is over. And ultimately, I didn't get a call. Uh, of anyone actually offering me a contract. So uh, from all these hopefuls during draft day, during the, or rather the draft week, and then the days after the draft where a lot of guys go priority free agent and free agent signing, uh, my, my phone was silent. And so it kind of was a, a true eye-opener just understanding that, man, this is a true business. You know, they only want people that can contribute to them to help them win right now. And uh, that's kind of the, the situation that I I faced is, uh, you know, I couldn't help a team at the moment because I was injured. And so nobody kind of wanted to take on that liability until they could see that I was recovered and uh, actually able to provide some some uh, value towards the organization. And I'm thankful that the Arizona Cardinals was able to sign me uh, in December of 2012 at, on their practice squad. And it gave me my uh, first opportunities to see what the NFL was really about. And uh, I was able to take that opportunity and continue to grow and, and become a, a seven-year NFL veteran. Man, and, and Fozzie, I mean, I've, I've been around you a bunch. I've seen you. And he was part of Super Bowl 50, baby. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and, and as things started to go down, Fozzie, like I said, I've been around you a bunch. We I've seen you at camps, and you're, you're infectious to these kids, and that's kind of why we have you on today. I mean, you are, you are the main reason – that a show can be done as far as perseverance. If you needed to understand that no matter where you are, age, difference, whatever, you can get to the next level and be productive. You just said you were a seven-year pro. So what are what are you doing right now as far as helping these young kids achieve those goals? So now, obviously, with the pandemic going around the way that it is, I'm having to help my own kids homeschool. God bless you. That's been a task in and of itself. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but to to get back to your question on on a more serious topic is uh, I've been uh, actually communicating with uh, my my PR team and their foundation, their nonprofit, along with my nonprofit. Uh, theirs is called Bam Sam Foundation minus Fozzie's Future Heroes. Uh, and we're actually hosting a virtual football camp uh, this Saturday. It was originally planned to be in person, obviously, but 
due to the circumstances, we wanted to move it online to a virtual platform where we can still offer the same thing we would, we would be doing in, in our uh, traditional camp, but in a shortened, condensed version and for online access for people all over. So instead of reaching people that could only be there at that time, we're able to expand our boundaries and reach people, whoever tunes in. And uh, it, it's going to be a, a great, great thing for us, I believe, because uh, looking at it from last week, one of my good friends, Craig Robertson, who also uh, partnered up with Fan Foundation to be able to run their virtual account last week, they had over 600 viewers that tuned in live uh, to get instruction from Craig, which reaches a lot more than that would have been actually physically there in participation. So um, I'm hoping to hopefully see similar numbers to be able to reach out to as many kids as we can because my ultimate goal is giving back to the community, which is why I made my nonprofit is because I, I want to give back. And me growing up, I never had the opportunity to talk with a professional football player talk with a professional athlete, talk to somebody that went to a, a, a big D1 college and, and really pick their brain, see what they did to get to the next level, understand, you know, how they got there. I didn't, I didn't have those opportunities. And so I want to provide myself to be a service to, to those that are looking to do that. I want to be available for them. Uh, and it gives me an opportunity to do that in the platform that I have. And uh, our camp's only an hour long. Uh, it's, it'll be at 11 a.m. Uh, Central Time, and uh, just go out there, warm up. I'll do a short introduction of who I am, what I'll be doing, in about 25, 35 minutes of drill work where we'll go through about five stations where I'll, I'll teach them some of the running back drills that I like and some of the agility drills that have gotten me uh, through the stages of my career. And then at the end, we'll finish with about a 10 to 15 minutes Q&A session where our, our kids just fire off questions at me, and, man, I'll answer them to the best of my abilities and, and give any insight that I can. And, um, hopefully it, it, we just have a great time and enjoy ourselves, and and uh, hopefully the, the kids take take something away from it. Yeah, register at BAM, B-A-M, fam.org. Fozzie, you played in Carolina. I mentioned um, Super Bowl 50. What What's your – What's your take on Cam Newton right now? What, where do you think he is in terms of his love of the game and, and where, where it would make sense for him to land? This is, I think, will be the most dangerous Cam that I've seen. And, and the reason why is because he's in uncharted territory. He's never been a free agent before. He's never been uh, replaced by anybody to this, to this degree. He's never had this type of adversity uh, to overcome at the NFL level like this. And it's something that me knowing Cam being the ultimate competitor, somebody that wants to win at everything and at all, all times, he's going to come back stronger, harder, faster with a bigger chip on his shoulder. He even actually put that in one of his posts is that his chip is going to be a lot bigger on his shoulder. So uh, it's something that I believe is going to bring the best out of Cam. As far as who he goes to and the best fit, that, that I'm not sure. Uh, with him kind of being um, on the market at the moment, it's kind of weird timing. Uh, since the draft is coming up, teams are, are looking to probably expand their roster going younger uh, since draft starts today. Uh, so I think we it, it'll either happen during the draft where somebody may sign them or depending on the trades or the transactions that, that happen or maybe within the next couple of weeks 
after all the uh, free agent signings kind of settle down after uh, after each team goes through and see what they have on their roster, what they're looking to do and make roster moves. So um, I think it'll be the most dangerous cam that I've seen at the professional level for sure. And I think he's back healthy 100%, and uh, he's going to play with that chip on his shoulder if he gets the opportunity to. Interesting. Okay, you're obviously a seven-year pro in the NFL. Do you see any future NFL talent on the Longhorns right now? I mean, Most definitely. Okay, because they've not been anywhere near the first two rounds of the draft most of the last decade. Right. <laughs> right. I think Connor Williams was – uh, has been the only guy that was drafted high in the past uh, pretty much decade, like you said. And uh, as far as – are you talking about the guys that are in the draft now? No, no, no guys, guys – yeah, team? guys on the roster, on the Longhorns oh, roster. Okay. So, number one, obviously, Sam Ellinger uh, definitely has uh, quarterback potential at the NFL level. Um, how he does this senior year will dictate how high he goes in the draft. And um, I think if, if they make it to the playoffs or win a national championship, that'll really. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boost and elevate his draft stock, but I think he's already a guy that'll get drafted for sure. Uh, I also uh, look at Joseph Osai. I'm not sure if he will come out or not, but um, that's a guy that can be very versatile on a defensive front, and then the upside that he has from a special teams perspective because I think he can do uh, almost any position on special teams and, and be a force or a factor there. Uh, Keontae, I believe he's an NFL running back as well. Uh, as long as he can stay healthy, obviously that's the knack on anybody. If anybody gets hurt, you know, your, your stock kind of kind of drops. <laughs> uh, no matter what position you're at, I can speak to that, but – um, Keontae definitely can be an NFL running back. Um, Jalen Green, Caden uh, Stearns, I can see both of those guys playing at the next level. Um, Deshaun Jameson, too. That's a guy that is fully, fully – I love his athleticism. And him being at cornerback last year, having to make a switch from wide receiver and doing what he did, uh, it shows you how high his potential is. He, he has massive potential, somebody that can shoot up, obviously in the top three rounds if he continues to be as productive as he was last year uh, with the way, his, the upside that he brings and the value that he has. So See? Um, it, 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 it's more guys, I think. Coburn, I think, can also uh, yeah, be a product yep. that can be uh, similar to Brandon Williams in, uh, in uh, Baltimore. Uh, I see him like that type of build, that stout, stocky, uh, similar to a Malcolm Brown. Also, um, see, it's other guys. I got to kind of keep. Oh going. yeah, no, no that's good. good. You're, You're good. Hey, You're listen, good. Long Longhorn Nation's getting excited, Fozzie. <laughs> yep. yep, you got him going. All right, everybody. Those, those are guys with talent. I don't know if they'll all get drafted, right? But I think they'll all have an opportunity to yep. get drafted or go free agent and have an opportunity to make a team. Yeah. All right, get to BAMFAM.org and get registered for Fozzie's uh, 
camp. It's a virtual camp. It's happening on Saturday at 11. And uh, all kinds of good stuff. Kids are going to get a camp T-shirt and and a mask. How about that? Hey, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, get to <laughs> bamfam.org. And Fozzie, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate Let's it. do it again soon. Awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on. Y'all be blessed. All, all right. right. Thank you. There he is, Captain America. It's the bottom line. You can try and read my lyrics. Off the rails on a Thursday. Good stuff with Fozzie Whitaker. That's somebody chasing that dream, man. Oh, man. He had to chase it. Relentless. Relentless. Yeah. Go to bamfam.org for info on Fozzie's uh, virtual camp happening Saturday at 11 a.m. All right, let's go to the hotline right now and bring on the WWE Hall of Famer, the pride of Silsby, Texas, two-time Olympian, the strongest man in the world, and he goes by. The nickname, Sexual Chocolate. Mark Henry. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good, brothers. How y'all doing? Oh, We're man. good. We're good, man. We're blessed. But here's the it's question. A, it's, football, it's football Christmas. It's exactly right. <laughs> it's exactly right. Mark, let me ask you this. Were you ever, For some. Were you ever drafted? Unless you're a Bengals fan, then you get coal in your stocking every year. Did football teams ever talk to you to try to get you to come and play football? Yes, um, I, I went to a Cowboys camp in '95, and uh, Jim Hannafin came here to look at a few guys uh, at UT and saw me at UT training, and was like, "Who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, who the uh, hell is that?" And, and also Bob Young, who was the offensive line coach for um, the. Houston Oilers, uh, that tells you how far back that was. And uh, I worked out for the Oilers, I worked out for the Redskins, and I worked out for the Cowboys, all of which wanted to sign me, but there were no guarantees back then. And the NFL minimum was so low uh, at the time that, you know, it was not worth uh, me doing that. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and that's just the way it went. Yep. I mean – that is a great story. Yeah. Right no there. All right. You know, um, obviously- I really like Jim. Han- uh, I really like uh, Coach Hannafin, though. Uh, yeah. at the way that he explained football uh, was very elementary, but also it was, um, he was the first person that was like, listen, you don't have to do everything, you have to do what we want you to do. And if you could do that one thing, he was like, even if it was 20 plays a game, 30 plays a game, um, I think that you can make it. And the same thing with, with Barry Switzer. He was like, well, Barry was the only one of the coaches that wanted me to, you know, play two technique. And he said they had flirted with the idea of going to a 50 defense and they needed a guy that was, you know, close to 400 pounds um, that could do what he thought that I could do. And uh, I, they drafted Robert Jones, uh, who was the middle linebacker for the Cowboys, uh, won three Super Bowls with him. He, Robert was a solid, solid player and uh, is on the fringe of being a Hall of Fame player. And, um, you know, he and I became really good friends. And uh, I love his family and his kids, and they they left Austin and went to Carolina. But 
um, Robert and I, you know, he we were at the same camp in his rookie year. So that was uh, Cowboys, you know, just to be at the camp was like the biggest thrill for me. All right, we got a lot of ground to cover with you, my friend. Uh, your thoughts on the WWE 24-7 belt holder, Rob Gronkowski, uh, going to the Buccaneers with Tampa Tommy? Man, I'm so I'm so happy for him. I, I and and every wrestler that I know is like, listen, I, we would love to have Rob, fun guy, gregarious, just you know, tailor made for pro wrestling. But we're also football fans, and we think that the story that's being told with him going to Tampa and being with Tom uh, reunited is just classic history and um you know in the same breath you know the media was like oh man he screwed the wwe over he didn't screw anybody this dude is meant to be a football player he's the greatest tight end that ever played go play football man yeah yeah and that's what we were waiting on but hey tom brady can become the champion if he tackles him and pins him to the ground during a, a, a game, and he could be the WWE champion, right? Yeah, and then right after that, our uh, truth will pop out of the the, the mascot, the, one one of the one of the bins where they keep the towels and roll them up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, you you were on the '92 Olympic team with yes, sir. the Dream Team. Of basketball, yeah. including Michael Jordan, everybody's watching the Last Dance. Um, what's your recollection of uh, Michael Jordan in that Olympics? Well, I, I told you guys this story about six months ago, and we were over there, and you were like, "Man, can we put this on?" And I was like, "No, nah, uh, the timing ain't right." I was like, "The the day will come where it'll come out." <laughs> Not today. And um, the timing was right with this whole situation with the uh, last dance being on ESPN. Uh, I'm I'm addicted to it. Just the two episodes that I saw, I can't wait for Sunday. Um, Michael Jordan is, you know, arguably the greatest player that ever played. I mean, and and after watching Sunday. Hearing my favorite player of all time, who I always said was the greatest player of all time, say that Michael Jordan was the greatest player, then I gotta go. But I gotta go with that. I'll take his advice over mine. Who Magic? And, and and that's Magic Johnson. And if Magic Johnson and Larry Bird say, "Hey guys, listen," uh, he was he was different. Like he was better than all of us. Like we couldn't stop him. We had to scheme the whole game around stopping him. And other guys got off because it was easier to try to stop him than slow him down because you couldn't slow him down because he went full speed all the time. Not to mention, with having great endurance, he could jump and hang in the air more than everybody, a la Air Jordan. (laughs) Uh, the, The dude was different. And, I mean, just looking at what happened to him after football, Tells you uh, basketball. Uh, I'm, I'm such in in draft mode. Um, 
and after his career tells you that he was better, that he was greater, that he had more, more notoriety than any basketball player that was ever born. And, and I will never be able to set, take anything away from him with his talent. And I, I, I was a fan of his work. And, but regardless of the fact, if you walk in a room and there's a bunch of people talking and you walk up and, you know, the first thing you say is not, hey, how y'all doing? Uh, you know, what's going on? And you pick somebody out and you say, who are you? <laughs> then something is wrong with you on the inside. <laughs> 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 I, I wasn't raised like that, and uh, uh, I, yeah, I'm I'm not a billionaire, guys, and you know, and I, I've uh, I've been blessed, but nothing remotely close to Michael Jordan. But you're not going to disrespect Mark Henry. That's just not that's just not the way it is. I don't get down like that. No, man, I respect everybody. The janitor. The guy that cleans that throws the trash out, like you, like my mama was. My mama would roll over in her grave if she thought that I was disrespecting anyone. And I think that Michael being put on a pedestal, uh, I think it, it kind of went to his head. And you know, I've heard at least ten or fifteen people that I, I hold at a high regard that. They have almost identical type of story as mine. And not saying that Michael is a bad person. I'm just saying that uh, the small sample size of interaction that I had was not a good one. Now, the, what, what a lot of people are not saying is after that confrontation, well, it really wasn't a confrontation. It was just, a, <laughs> you know, uh, me saying, hey, man, uh, who the hell are you? <laughs> um but Michael might not even remember this. I, I mean, I, I doubt that, you know, the blip on the radar for, for me was, you know, even a blip for him. Um, but the, uh, the thing that right after that, he apologized. Right. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a guy for I'm a Christian, so I have to, I have to forgive. And I'm not going to forget. <laughs> I, I love it. I definitely forgave him. And right behind that, he was like, hey, man, um, the, the All I'm having a birthday party at the All-Star game. And um, he was like, if you if you like to go, man, I can have my guy call you and hook you up with some tickets and this and that. And I was like, yeah, man, that'd be cool. And he invited me to his birthday party. Nice. Nice. And, uh, I went to his birthday party. I took a, a, my friend and his ex-wife. Um, he should have went to the Chip Brown boot camp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we went down to San Antonio to his birthday party, had a good time, and uh, I congratulated awesome. him. Happy birthday. And, and it was squashed. But I'm just saying, I'm just telling the story of how it happened. I don't have no grudge against Oh, yeah. Jordan. No. No, no, I like. I just, I just like that you stood up. We're like, who the bleep are you? Yeah. Oh, Mark Henry, you're the best, my man. Um, Appreciate you, brother. Let's let's talk about this draft after it happens, my friend. Well, I want y'all to come on my show tonight. Well, man. let's go. Man, come on, get come your on. Skype ready. Get your get your Skype ready. I'm gonna have my producer call y'all and 
and, and come on during the draft. It's on. I got you. In the first five minutes or the last five minutes, I don't care. Sometime during the show, just let's get y'all on. Done. Right. Done. Hey, it's the bottom line, baby. Oh, yeah. He used to cover the Dallas Cowboys. He was around when they were making some questionable picks during the draft. But he never makes questionable picks when he's bringing you his commentary for the day. The chip shot. Oh, yeah, Harch. You just, just, you saying those words took me back to the, <laughs> took me back to Valley Ranch when Jared Jones, I questioned him about passing on Sean Rogers to take Quincy Carter. And he came back to our little media room and he said, uh, Chip, uh, come here. And he showed me some x-ray of Sean Rogers' ankle. <laughs> and the x-ray didn't look that bad to me, but hey, Jared was like. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, uh, he, he probably won't even be able to play as a rookie. Mm. And he not only played as a rookie, he mm. led all rookie defensive linemen in tackles. And, no. well, you know, Quincy ended up going to a playoff. With the Cowboys. Right. Quincy did good. I mean, Quincy battled, man. He battled. Right. right. He battled. We're working to get him on here. I'm working to get him on the show with us. Is he living here? Yeah, he lives in Austin. Come on, man. Yeah. Quincy Carter. He was a good dude. Solid. Um, Yeah. And, but that was right when I was covering the team, right then and there. And hard speaking of the draft. So tonight is the night. I look at uh, I look at the guys in the draft right now, and you got some you got some chips on shoulders, man. You should. Yeah. You should. Yep. Devin Duvernay had to wait. I mean, he transferred from Baylor for Charlie Strong. Ended up with Tom Herman. Was relegated to table scraps in 2017. Still mad about that. Uh, but. You know, emerged in 2018 and then took over in 2019. And if NFL teams are doing their homework, they're going to see this dude just gets stuff done. This dude just lines up and balls. Wherever he's at, he's strong. Guys bounce off him. And he's a 4-3 guy. He's a bowling ball, bro. So, Devin DuVernay, I'll be surprised. Now, you got it's all about which team takes him and – but – Hopefully, he ends up with a team that understands what he can do. I see him being in the league. Right. And Brandon Jones reminds me a little bit of Jordan Hicks in the sense that you can see the talent. It has flashed everywhere. And I just think back to the Maryland game where he got his ankle hurt in 2018. Does anyone remember the goal line tackle he made to save force a field goal and allow Texas to even have a chance oh, yeah. to win that game late. It was an insane play that he made, and he was absolutely on fire. And then he gets horse collar tackled. His ankle gets all messed up, and he plays the whole year on a bad ankle. And 
and ends up having surgery on it afterward. And then in 2019, he's playing nickel. He's he's all over the place. But again, if teams do their homework, they'll see right. that this is a guy who has great closing speed. He completely supports the run and can be a really good special teams player. Yeah. And then Malcolm Roach to me. I mean, Roach is a guy who didn't get to play his natural position. I mean, he just he played everywhere. He he filled in wherever they needed him. Linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, you name it. His dad's a coach. He gets the game. He's one of those heart and soul guys. He's yep. a locker room leader. I just hope he gets a chance with the right team like the Pittsburgh Steelers would be perfect for Malcolm Roach because they they understand that heart and that effort and a guy who's coachable right. with physical tools. And so Malcolm's but, always been one of my favorites. Yeah, he's always been one of my favorites. Yeah, we, we'll get him on. We'll get him on the show yep. next week. But uh, Zach Shackelford, right up the road, man. Yep, two five four. Two five four. Yeah, yeah. Remember. I, I wrote a story about him coming out of high school. Bob Shipley was his coach, and Bob Shipley said, guys tell me he has an NFL ass. That's and Bob Shipley said, I don't know what that means, but I, <laughs> I imagine it's pretty good. No one knows what it means. <laughs> so now Zach Shackford is going to take his NFL ass and hope he gets into the NFL and can uh, make an impression. Right. So Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson. Guy made big-time catches on third down, critical situations, late in games. Not the fastest guy in the world, but wingspan, catch radius, all that. Needs to be a more consistent blocker. Yep. But good heavens, six foot six. Woo. All right, we'll come back, give you a couple nuggets, and uh, send you off to Dan Patrick off the rails on a Thursday. Oh, yeah. It is uh, off the rails on a Thursday. NFL drafts happening tonight, people. Yes. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I can't wait. There could be some unintentional comedy, but maybe it all works out. Kids, get off the Xbox. Yes, you got to get the kids off of it. You're gobbling up the broadband. I'm trying to make a pick for the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, yeah, amazing. We went through the the picks that the Bengals have made over the years, in which a Hall of Famer or Hall of Fame candidate was picked with the pick right after the Bengals picked. In 1988, 94, 95, 99, 2001, 2002, and 2017. 2017 when the Bengals took John Ross with the ninth overall pick, wide receiver Washington and the Chiefs select Pat Mahomes Did you, with the 10th pick. Did he win the MVP? Oh, uh, yeah. And a Super Bowl MVP? Oh, yeah. Way to go. And now, here are the Bengals. I mean, I think what happens. for a quarterback. I think what happens is when those players that aren't picked by the Bengals, they feel like their lives have been saved. <laughs> so they, they just go and do great things. Oh, my God. That's why I'm telling you, Joe Burrow is going to have a tough time, man. And, and you know it as well as I do. If your confidence is shot early, how good – I know you're a fighter. I know you're going to be there. 
But if your confidence is shot early and you're not seeing things around you get better, how good do you really think you're going to be? A.J. Green sat out the entire year last year and could have played. Think about that. And he's their best player. Listen, I'm a Lions fan. Oh, yeah, you know. They ran off Barry Sanders, Billy Sims, and <laughs> Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, Megatron. So I, I've been there. I've, I've seen this movie. Uh, and our buddy Mark Henry also wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Tom McKay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, AV Consultations. Came out and took care of him. Doing some handiwork for uh, the big fella. Yep, yep, yep. Tom McKay, avconsultations.com. Um, but Harge, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the Cowboys do with the 17th pick. Uh, the Texans do not have a pick in the first round. That went to Miami for Laramie Tunsil. So the Texans will be observing yeah. Taking notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For a later pick. Mm. But the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. So, right now, who do you want? You want Grant Delpit still? I still want Grant Delpit. You want Grant Delpit? I still want Grant Delpit. But there's other people that are out there saying that the pick is going to be C.J. Henderson. If he's there, I think that's a good pick. Right. C.J. Henderson from Florida and then go cornerback. Get, hope you can get Antoine Winfield. From Minnesota in the second round. Well, if that's the case, then I want him to go edge rusher and get Winfield in the second round. But C.J. Henderson's on the top of a lot of people's boards, just depending on what you were talking about earlier, Chip. It's a matter of need. What is your need at that position? We talked. We'll talk to Goose Goslin tomorrow, and I want to know what Goose thinks of that first pick of the Dallas Cowboys. If it's an edge rusher, or if it's a defensive back, what he thinks moving forward on day two, three, and four. I've been thinking about it a lot in the shower. And that's what you need to understand. That's what you need to understand. Oh, man. I've been thinking about it a lot in the shower. Well, and it goes back to this. You covered the Cowboys during the time where you said, just in your chip shot, where things were a little bit different. The picks were a little bit different. And you always said, whoever got to Jerry last was the one that was probably going to have the most influence. Now, is him and Steven are going to be in that room together with probably Will Clay. Will, what was his name? Will McClay or Will? McClay. McClay, who is really good at what he does when he figures out, when Jerry lets him pick who he wants to pick. Um, if they have a cornerback there, they need to go for the cornerback, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I think Henderson is a, is a legit – difference maker and and so I, I would go Henderson in the first round because I'm sitting here going through some of the mock drafts and Antoine Winfield will probably be there in the second round right and I think he is a rock solid player I just think he's a football player you come and sting you yeah yeah interesting stuff the uh this mock draft I'm looking at for the uh, Texans has them taking Denzel Mims in the second round. If he's there. The Texans. If he's there, what do you think? Still you... still chasing receivers, even though they got Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. He wants to keep it where, you know, they're minimal on the payroll, bro. That's what he's trying to do. They need defense. 
man, I'm just over Bill O'Brien, but I, I, he's not drafting in the first round unless there's a trade that's made. But because you know, you call him Trader Bill, he might do something crazy today, like trade Deshaun Watson because he because <laughs> he wants to make a move. I want the Lions to take Ross Blacklock in the second round. You think he's still there in the second round? I do, because the Lions are picking at the top of the second round. Oh, okay. I think he's still there. He might go to first round tonight. He may go in the first round. I don't round. know. Kansas City? Nope. Kansas City I might be taking Jeff Gladney. Yeah. The corner from TCU. There's a couple, couple little mocks that are out there that have both of those guys going at the bottom half of the draft. San Francisco taking Gladney and then the Chiefs taking – Blacklock. How would you feel if the Cowboys took Xavier McKinney? The I'll be okay from, with that. Safety from Alabama. He's learned. He's learned from uh, Nick Saban. I'm a, I'll take that. Safety is a position of need. They could trade down. And He'll get learn him. from Ha Ha. He can learn from <laughs> Ha Ha. Former Alabama defensive back as well. Who, who names their kid Ha Ha? Hey, man, his parents, Chuck. I mean, dang. Ha Ha. Ha Ha. That's how that goes down. Mm hmm. I don't see C.J. Henderson being there at 17. I think he's gone by then. Where do you think he goes then? I mean, I think he goes to Atlanta. I think he's going to a team that picks in front of the Cowboys. What if Atlanta takes Derrick Brown from well, Auburn? Well, you know we we talk about it all the time. Defensive line help is. I see him going before that. Okay, Derrick Brown's gonna be gone in the top 10. All right. He's arguably the best defensive lineman in the draft. Well, Atlanta has pick number nine. So he could still be there. Sure smells like Miami might be trying to trade up with the Lions to get to a tongue of a lower. How would you feel if they took Isaiah Simmons instead of Jeffrey Okuda? I'd be okay with that, but again, I worry the Lions won't use him right. Right. That guy's a well, and Matt Patricia, a defensive. Well, guru? yeah, but he's only going to be there another year. <laughs> he's finishing out. This he should have been fired after last year. Once when, when you know you bought a lemon, you got to take that thing back to the car yard. No, you you, you didn't return it within a seven day return policy. Oh, see, you didn't that's do that. Classic lines. <laughs> you didn't have what? Your... <laughs> I can't return this anymore. No, you had seven days. Right, you had. Seven you days. have failed. You are stuck with Matt Patricia as your coach. Well, here, here, here's the other thing too. When you, when you look at this draft, who is willing to make a lot of trades today? Is this a draft that we have a lot of trades because there's so many wide receivers that are out there? There's so well, many other players. It's always around the quarterbacks. The tr the big right. trades are all like when Kansas City went up to get Mahomes. What about Chicago going up to get Trubisky? Does anyone remember this? Oh yeah, the Bears traded up. The Bears fans remember it, bro. To get Trubisky. They gave up picks to get Mitch Trubisky. Now Nick Foles is going to steal his lunch money. Oh, and they gave up picks. Does Justin Herbert do anything for you? No, not really. Not me either. But a lot of people like him because he's big and strong. I mean, that Oregon offense is... He played well in the ball game, though. Yeah, and he did well at the senior ball. And he did well, yeah. Because he had like talent. I just think... Man, Burrow going into Texas and Alabama and going 31 to 39. And people are like, man, he beat an Alabama team with a backup quarterback. Yeah, well, he went to Alabama and won. Yeah. That's all I know. So did Johnny Manziel, though. 
What are you doing? I'm just saying. <laughs> Joe Burrow had one of the best seasons in college football history. Johnny was a Heisman Trophy winner, too. Uh, Let's not forget, man. What you? I mean, what are you we'll doing? We'll see tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow. See how? Right, that, yeah, we'll break it all down. Break it down tomorrow. I'll have notes. Hard yeah. will have <laughs> tears of joy or tears of pain. Right. Salty, you ready? Yes. Come on, girl. Yes. All right, we'll get to the podcast page. Check out all these incredible interviews. Are you kidding me? My guy. Too many to mention. Salty, you're the best. Hards, let's do it again on a free-for-all football post-draft Friday. And any more to words of our brother from another mother, Sean Adams. The dream is free. The hustle sold separately. Go wash your hands. Happy birthday, Aaron Williams. Peace. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.